Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? Everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan, Ryan, and I'm Devin. And today, after weeks and weeks and weeks of Ryan just picking Alfred Hitchcock films, <laughs> we are finally building up to. We finally build up to the Mel Brooks parody of those Hitchcock films, High Anxiety. Um, but before we get into that, we uh, like to start the show off with talking about what we've been watching in pop culture. Uh, there hasn't really been much that we've been watching. Uh, I guess the only thing I've been watching and the fact that I'm doing the show right now uh, and not watching this is always going to be a testament. So remember that on Tuesday nights when I'm live with you guys and I'm not watching this, like it hurts me a little bit on the inside. I appreciate your sacrifice. Do you, do you know what show I'm talking about? Is it only murders in the building? It's only murders in the building. Oh, how is it? It's so good. I every time I watch that show, I'm like, this is the this is exactly what I want from television. Steve Martin and Martin Short are fantastic. Selena Gomez is great. Uh, Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep joined the cast this season um, because good. they need because they needed work. Um, <laughs> but it's so good. And uh, gonna plug another podcast right now. Steve Martin and Martin Short were on Conan's podcast this week, which if you have not listened to it, Devin, it is right up your alley. Oh, I'm going to have to. I, I need to make a playlist of just play a podcast for you to listen to that you will enjoy. Please, please, please. Because right um, now it's all very depressing news podcasts and I need something. Like oh, yeah. I, I, I've stopped listening to the news podcasts. Good call. Like back, back in uh, 2020. I can't remember what happened that year, but I stopped mm. wa- listening to news podcasts then. <laughs> um, but yeah. That's what I've been watching. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, have you, have you been watching anything? Sports, video games, and reading. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of sp- speaking of video games, guys, I don't have. I, I was talking about how I don't have this area set up completely yet. What I do have set up is my Nintendo. <laughs> This is like the original one, right? The original Nintendo Entertainment System. And I have one game for it. <laughs> well, two, technically two games. Mario and Duck Hunt. Do you have the light gun for the Duck Hunt? Yep. That's the only... The only reason I was able to buy it is because I have a tube TV so it will work. And it works. So... so cool. The last time we all got together, we were all playing NES games on my arcade cabinet. But now, next time you guys come over and we do the podcast from my house, we can all play Nintendo. 
and air hockey, and it's it's going to be a blast. Party at my place. I can't wait for 20 years from now when you discover the N64. Oh, I have that too. I have that right next to it. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a good time. Um, yeah. Devin, how have you been? I've been good, man. There was something that came out. I had this conversation with Ramana today. There's something that came out that's right up this podcast alley that is a glaring omission, I think, in something that we've seen. And I want to know how you guys are feeling about it. Ahsoka came out. Ahsoka's two episodes deep. Yeah. Right? Did anybody watch that? It doesn't come out until tonight for us. Doesn't it? I think it's out for me already. It comes out at 9 o'clock tonight for us. Are you both watching it then? I, w- I was going to bring this up at the end of the show. Y- yes. Ah. I I may or may not have mm-hmm. had um, Disney Plus on at work today watching The Clone Wars to get excited for it. <laughs> Ryan, will you watch I just got done re re uh I just got done about two weeks ago of my rewatch of Rebels for it, so I am so impressed with the two of you. I really oh, am. I, I wasn't expecting that. It, it, it's a continuation of like at this point, like I like Rebels as much as I like Clone Wars. And the fact that this is a continuation of that of that story, I just I I can't wait. And the last thing I saw of Chop, I I, I can't wait. Like he's my favorite droid now at the, this point. The um, I don't watch trailers that often or TV spots, so I only saw like the teaser they put out for this. But then I got the commercial that they put out a few weeks ago, where it has Anakin Skywalker's voice. I'm like, that's Hayden. That's yes. new. I yeah. was like, I cannot wait for this show. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Like, I when it when it is available tonight, I am turning up the sound system, watching the TV, and this like going to a galaxy far, far away. Ah, so cool. Now, Devin, it, when yeah. you do eventually watch it, just understand uh-huh. that a lot of these characters are established, and you haven't seen the series, so. No, I before I, you pass judgment on anything about watching this and not watching Rebels beforehand, just keep that in mind. No, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna watch Rebels beforehand because I'm at the okay. point now where I am equally excited to watch Rebels and this show. Like they like okay. I'm not chom- I'm not chomping at the bit for either one of them. But <laughs> if given the option of Devin go watch a Star Wars thing, it's gonna be Rebels for the homework. And then yeah. Ahsoka for the thing I want to watch. And, like, I'm as excited for both. So yeah. I will I, get there. I, I would recommend – like, I think you could go into Ahsoka blind without having watched Rebels, but I think it's going mm-hmm. to help. I'm sure um, Just, yeah. like, having read uh, Heir to the Empire is going to help as well. But I'm not going to make – like, I'm not going to make you watch that or read that. So Is Heir to the Empire Thrawn? Yep. Uh, I read the original stuff with Thrawn. How close is oh. it? Oh, uh, well, you know Thrawn's in Ahsoka, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, Thrawn shows up in Rebels. Yeah. Like, oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. so oh. like in the trailer for Ahsoka, uh, she calls Thrawn the heir to the Empire. And it's like, oh, oh no, that's, that's, what, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I know what season two is going to be, and it's going to be a lot of Dark Force Rising. Uh, that is silly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. th- yeah, this is, is their, yeah. 
Sorry. This is their is chance to adapt that gone. story in what okay. they have established the Star Wars universe to be. Okay. Okay. I'm not mad. Yeah. Other than that, guys, I just I've been on holiday for the last week, which is I'm assuming why I couldn't help you guys last week. Uh, I don't know if you can tell based on my whole demeanor, but I now know five whole words in Italian. So, uh, listen, if we're ever in a coffee shop and we need to order no more than three espressos and it happens to be crowded, I got your back. Uh, what are the what are the words? Like, tell, let's hear your Italian. You can't just tease it and then not tell us. Mi scusi, mi scusi. Buonasera. Do espresso, prego. Grazie. I, the, with the hand motions, I just pictured Opera Man from SNL, like Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think that's all of the... Okay, so is it bad that when he was doing that impression, all I could think of was Assassin's Creed 2 and 3? <laughs> I'm taking it as a compliment. One of my Not, trips was Rome. On. I've acquired yeah. the Roman accent. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's all I could think of is like the background italian as you're walking through on the map <laughs> i you know i gotta be honest i try so hard when i'm in other countries to like speak the language at least in small transactions that i can control and it's always heartbreaking when in rome i would go do espresso duo cornetto prego and they go that'll be 2350 in english back and me like i'm trying for you they're not as bad about it as the french though no no they're not Although one time I said bonjour so well, they assumed I was French. My credentials are officially solidified. They they were they were just being sarcastic. <laughs> Probably, yeah. More than likely, my uh, my my sister in law is a French teacher, and she was actually confused for an actual French uh, French citizen by a train attendant. Oh no. Oh, that's very her, cool. Her her French is that good. She she's also the head of the French department at the high school she works at. So <laughs> that makes sense. Then. That would do it. <laughs> I um, wasn't confused for anything but American the entire time. Everyone, I, I walked into this little Italian village, and the second I walked into this open square, all heads turned right to me because it was very clear I did not belong there. Nice. Any any, any fun adventures? in italy i would say probably the funnest adventure was i met one of romana's cousins who is only spoken or only really speaks italian he speaks some broken english and we were comparing our favorite books and he kept telling me the title of this book and i go i don't know this book i'm gonna have to read it this sounds incredible the way you're describing it why don't i he pulled up a picture of it it was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy but in italian also my favorite book this man is incredible. We're now best friends on Instagram. <laughs> uh, we we have a we have a question in in the chat. Uh, friend yeah. of the show, Bill says, "I'm just joining, but when did Devin get so sexy?" Ah, uh, man, looks he's like doing... he's about to pitch me next the next iPhone. Oh, <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Bill. Thanks. Yeah. I can I can feel it too. He's yeah. watching the show Bear too much. He's turning into a chef. That's, I'm not mad about that's it. That's personally what I say. That's personally I, what... Listen, we, I, I, this counts as we watch this. I finished the season of Bear that I was on. Incredible television. Absolutely stellar. Worth the watch. I'm making Ryan watch a five-minute section of it because dumb Devin needs someone to make sure it's not, you know, I'm not being lied to. 
but I loved it and I would recommend it to anyone. I it is next on my list, I think. I think that you're going to want to make everything from it, Alan, and I think it's going to start a culinary revolution. I I you. mean probably. Like <laughs> I watched chef and made have made like half of the dishes from that. And that's a 2-hour long movie. Like this is a series. What is it? Half hour long? Half hour half hour to 41 minutes depending on the episode. Yeah. They do a savory cannoli. Uh Incredible. Yeah, well, my my new diet doesn't really allow for cannolis, so. But savory ones. Mm, it's still, it's still wrapped in a cookie, though, right? No, it's wrapped in parmesan that they put in the oven. Ooh. Right, right. <sighs> <laughs> well, that does it for you. Have to watch this, button no. Bye, everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be dangerous for me to watch, but I I will watch it and then report back. And then Perfect. next time you're in town for the podcast and we're playing Nintendo in my basement yes. and air hockey, like we'll have the foods from the bear. I can't wait. I truly can't wait. This has to happen soon. Yes. Well, just hop on a plane and anytime. Like, so <laughs> yeah. So All right. I think that. Uh, I think with that we should just get into the show. Like, let's, uh, we've been building up to this for months. Like all summer, Ryan has only had one thing that he's been doing and making us watch Hitchcock films. We watched The Birds, we watched Psycho, we watched Vertigo. Now it's all led to this. Mel Brooks is high anxiety. Um, starring Mel Brooks and Madeline Kahn. Uh, Ryan, take it away. Okay. So, um, High Anxiety is a movie that came out in 1977. Alan pretty much named every everyone who's behind it and in it. So I'm not going to get into that. Um, but I mean, it, it, it was is... one guy, Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, it was one guy. But still, <laughs> um, so it this movie is Mel Brooks's like tribute to Hitchcock and everything pretty much about what he's done with uh, what he's done in film and what he's uh, and and what he's brought to it. Um, this movie I saw when I was in middle school or high school. Uh, it was around the time my dad decided I was ready for like, though it was definitely middle school, early middle school. My dad had his moment where he believed I was ready for like more adult focused movies. And so a lot of Mel Brooks films came up in that for him to show me. And this was one of them. And about halfway through it, my dad realized I wasn't laughing at any of it. And that's when he realized that I hadn't really seen any Hitchcock movies at that point. So we watched a bunch, including the ones that I showed you guys. Um, and then we watched this again, and then I got most of the humor. And this is my favorite Mel Brooks movie, period. I know that's very controversial for a lot of Mel Brooks fans, surprisingly, but it's my favorite. So there's that. Um, enough about me and my experience with it, my history with it. Uh, let's get to you guys. So who wants to go first? I have never I have a, seen this. <laughs> uh, I the the amount of Mel Brooks films I haven't seen is shocking. 
Um, I think I've seen the producers once. I've seen Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein a bunch. Okay. I've seen half of History of the World Part 1 and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like, there's a bunch of other ones that have just been gaping holes in my film history. Um, and this was one of them. But And part of the reason I was holding off on it was because I hadn't seen a lot of Hitchcock films. So, um, yeah. Well, good. I took care yeah. of that for you. <laughs> okay. Um, Devin, what was your experience and exposure with Mel Brooks in this movie prior to watching it? I love Mel Brooks, and in every movie I watch of his, I watch to death and quote to death. Um, I didn't even know this movie existed because I'm one of those fans that like does zero research on the guy. <laughs> So yeah. I don't know what movies from Mel Brooks I'm missing. I know I've hit the big ones. I know I've hit History of the World. I heard there's a part two. I heard not to watch it. I've watched the producers, you know, a million times. I love, you know, Young Frankenstein. I heard Dracula Dead and Loving. It's something that I should watch, but I'm on a Leslie Nielsen strike at the moment. Okay. Which producers have you watched a bunch? Because there are two. Only the Matthew Broderick one, though. I've seen the original one once. Um, so I, you know, I love him and I love all of his work and I knew that I was, I had never heard of this movie, but I like Alfred Hitchcock and watched Alfred Hitchcock prior to us doing this. So yeah. to find a new gem or potential gem of a movie <laughs> from a director that I like doing a parody of a type of movie I like set me up to want to love this movie before even going into it. So know that unlike typical Devin, who goes in with, he's just a robot cop. I don't know what I'm going to get from this movie. <laughs> I was primed to love this one. Okay. Okay. Um, so like I said before, this one is my personal favorite. But I will say that he has done better movies than this one. I will put that caveat out there that this is my favorite because of the just humor and the fact that it's a, a tribute slash parody. And there are just certain aspects to it humor wise that make it my favorite Mel Brooks movie, but he has done and made better quality stuff than this. So I'm going to put that out there. Now, with that said, how did you guys come out the other end of it? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, okay. the one thing I found myself thinking, though, was did I need to have watched all three of those films that you made us watch to appreciate everything in this, knowing as much as I do about how Hitchcock has affected pop culture? And I don't think there was really anything glaring in this that, like, that I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more. I think there's maybe one thing that I was like, oh, I get that because I watched this. Everything else is kind of like, oh, yeah, I could I could have gotten away with watching this without having seen that. But I enjoyed it. I I really loved this movie. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. I was primed to love it, to love it, and I loved it. Uh there were some things I, I do echo a little bit of what Alan said, right? You know, before prior to watching the Alfred Hitchcock stuff that we watched, you know, I knew that birds were birds, right? And <laughs> if a lot of birds show up, 
I figured it's probably a reference to the birds. Uh, I did never seen North by Northwest, but when they go, meet me at the North Northwest corner of the park. I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but that being said, what I think I did pick up on because I wasn't, I've never done film school and never studied this stuff is some of the style that Mel Brooks filmed in that was very close to the Hitchcock style and some of the like the shots and the camera angles and, and that stuff that made me appreciate it more than kind of the plot points or more than the fact that there was a shower scene. Yeah. For me, like that's the big thing is like, and they, they make jokes out of it. Like the camera mm -hmm. crashing through the window and everyone yeah. just turning to look at it. Like, what are you doing? And then at the, the very last shot of the film where they're back, it backs up and they go, oh, no, we're gonna hit the wall. And it just crashes through the wall. Like does a reverse <laughs> Kool-Aid man. Um, it was that kind of stuff that I, I picked up on. Um, yeah. So, and there, there were a few things like just th things that we talked about, like we, the, the whole San Francisco thing about mm -hmm. that one park, uh, like yeah. he named, he name drops the park in this. And I was like, ah, yeah. it's because of Hitchcock. Like, okay. yeah. And that's where like, Did I overdo it with having you guys watch three of them? Probably. But I also wanted to make sure that stylistically that it was like in your guys' heads so that when scenes came up to where the one psychiatrist at the Institute is talking about how he wants out of the whole scheme and the camera's on him and he goes, I feel like I'm caught in a web. And then if you look behind him, you see the shadow of the window that looks yeah. like it, it's a web. Like yeah. that's that's Albert Hitchcock to a T and I wanted to make sure that all of that stuff was like ingrained in your guy's brain so that you wouldn't miss anything. There's that. Now there are a few things that like, like here as, as an example, there's little tiny things that like, I've seen this a lot. So to me, I can pin, I see things that maybe weren't intended to be a connection, but I see them as one. So like when the assassins in the phone booth, Mm -hmm. And he's pushing the guy up against the glass and they have that camera right on him. So like his like nose and his face is all squished. I see that as kind of a parallel between where the actress was in the phone booth and birds and the guy runs up and like has the birds tied to him. And he's like, uh, help me like on the glass. So that's where I get yeah. those parallels on that. Um, but what I love about this is that Mel Brooks was able to take his like stupid puns and slapstick humor and merge it perfectly with a like Hitchcock-esque storyline. And that's what I really like about this movie. And that's where, to me, it puts it over the top of everything else. Uh, so were there any moments where you guys uh, were, were – that type of instance where it was just like a combination of the of, of like the plot moving along and then with Mel Brooks's humor came into it were there any moments that that you like that stood out or that you appreciated of it I think probably the the most glaring one for me was after the shower scene in the movie it like I mean which they like recreate almost yeah. shot for shot like <laughs> he just it pans onto Mel Brooks's face and he goes He's not getting a tip or something like that. Like just, just the, the stinger of a punchline at the end of a very like dramatic scene. 
for me, it was the opening shot where you have like all these pictures, all these shot, these people staring out of a plane window as they're fly- coming into land and like all looking in awe at everything below them. And you just have Mount Booker like terrifying, <laughs> like just the ju- juxtaposition of his face to everyone else's um, really worked for me. Like that I was like, okay, so like we're, I, I could tell then like it was more of a stylistic parody and like exaggerating the style of Hitchcock for the, the whole movie yeah. that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, the, the one, the, the one movie that I believe it's North by Northwest. That's the one that takes place at Mount Rushmore, a scene mm-hmm. of Mount Rushmore, right? Yeah. 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 That, Cause I know that Alan, you and I did that for the show before yes. Gavin was on. Um, and that's the one movie I didn't do because of that reason, because of the shooting in the movie where the assassin pretends to be him with the way that the camera goes for the, uh, for with the way that the shooting, there's a shooting in North by Northwest that is similar to the one in this one. Sure. So there's that. But anyway, um, yeah, I've got, uh, mine for some reason. And I laugh dumbly. I don't know how else to say it, um, is when they are going to his room and just the random dude steps out and he goes, sorry. And he looks up and then you <laughs> never see that character again. That is literally one of my favorite points in the movie because it, it's so stylistically like over the top suspense Hitchcock, but they do it to the point of ridiculousness. And yeah. That's where... um... I, I replayed that scene to make sure I wasn't missing anything, by the way, because <laughs> yeah. I went, why did he do that? <laughs> Uh, so I need to talk about how I watched this because I didn't really get a chance to go back and rewatch anything. Um, okay. Because I went to find this on streaming, and there's always the scale of, do I want? Am I upset that I had to pay for this to watch it? Uh, so I was gonna have to rent this for four dollars, and then I, I have an app on my phone that has a list of all the movies that I own. I own high high anxiety on VHS. <laughs> so my viewing experience for this was watching this on my tube tv uh on vcs on on vhs on my vcr that's incredible it was it was fantastic (laughs) and i knew i could tell like right away that it like the aspect ratio was weird because like the 20th century fox is like to the left a little bit like (laughs) like it's not standard at all they're just like just to the, like it's not centered but yeah that that's how i watched it so okay um now one of the uh one of the things in, uh, about this movie for me and about why i see it the way that i do is that this movie had a lot uh created a lot of inside jokes between me and my dad oh um particular uh so to give an example i was in boy scouts he was in boy scouts when he was younger so it was one of those things where it's like he did it so i'm gonna do it and we do the whole summer camp thing and when you show up to camp you have all of the troops show up and everyone's unloading from their uh trucks and suvs and you always have like the first year or second year scouts now you go in at like 11 or 12 and 
kids boys's development varies very heavily during that age so you'll see this little kid that looks like he's eight years old trying to lift up a giant footlocker trunk on on his own so whenever my dad or i would see that we would quietly go over to each other and go i got it i got it i got it <laughs> i don't got it <laughs> I, I, I don't got it <laughs> Um, and then uh, some other stuff too that comes from like the scene where the rocket's thrown through his bathroom window from the violent ward. Yeah. Um, and just little things like that. Um, now, what did you guys think of? Oh, I for uh, I forget the other psychiatrist's name, but like the two antagonists in this. Uh, I thought they were fun. I yeah. Mean, I. I... Yeah. I thought they were a lot of, I think the one I had seen in another Mel Brooks thing before, and I so didn't place him, I think. He, Charles Montague, right? Yeah, he is, uh, he is Count the Money in, his, uh, in, in History of the World Part 1, yeah, he and is. he is the mayor's assistant in Blazing Saddles. Headley He's Lamar. one of the actors that follows. Um, yeah. And then... he, he's Harvey Harvey Corman, right? Yeah. 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 He's um, he was also on the Carol Burnett show. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, the blonde, the daughter, mm-hmm. she's uh, she she's also someone that follows along with uh, Mel Mel uh, Mel Brooks's stuff as well. Yeah, she was in Young Frankenstein. I see here. Young Frankenstein, she plays yeah. a German lounge singer in Blazing Saddles. Madeline, Madeline Kahn, she's also Mrs. White yeah. in Clue. Mm-hmm. Oh, is she? Flames on the side of my face. Yeah. Face, yeah. Oh, wow. That's fun. Okay. I did like this cast a lot. There were a couple people that popped up that I'm like, I recognize this person. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, the character that says, I feel like I'm caught in a web. Yeah, him. Um, he's the king of the planet in Spaceballs. He is, isn't he's he? He's the one that gives the mm-hmm. the 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 the, uh, the code for the air shield is one two three four five. Incredible! It's the same combination I use for my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Spaceballs. Man, yeah. do I love Mel Brooks. Man, do yeah. I love Mel Brooks. Is, I have a question for you guys. Is yeah. Mel Brooks the weird Al Yankovic of movies? That was like my abiding thought in here, where he did an Alfred Hitchcock movie in an Alfred Hitchcock style with an Alfred Hitchcock plot, but was silly. Yeah. If if Weird Al Yankovic is the Weird Al Yankovic of musical artists, I think Mel Brooks is the weird is the Weird Al of filmmaking. Like he's Perfect. he is able like take this for example, like he's able to take what makes a Hitchcock film a Hitchcock film and parody it without like just making poop and fart jokes the whole time and like you're he's making fun he's poking fun at the style the tone the camera techniques like there are so many levels to his parodies that it doesn't have to just be a parody of that one thing it it it, it doesn't just take the plot of like chronicles of narnia and just throw a bunch of other stuff in it like fart jokes and said, this is a parody. 
this is an epic parody of movies. Like, oh, it's, I see what you did there. There were so many more levels to it. Like, and that's what I think a lot of the parody films of the last twenty years have been missing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's also why things like Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, like, like th- those parodies work so much better because it's not just making fun of the of the movies; it's making fun of the style, the the characters like there are so many when you have when you just make a parody of something to make a pair like just make fun of it it's not it doesn't work as well for me but when you take all the different levels of things and poke fun at that or pay tribute to it like it it's it's so respectful and like so much like yes to answer your question yes i well and and the thing that i loved about it is it like I bet I don't know his opinion of it. I feel like if I asked Mel Brooks, "Do you like Alfred Hitchcock movies?" He'd go, "Yeah, absolutely, I do." Like it felt like it was made with a reverence of the source material and a, a, yeah. a love and care for it, not just look at how dumb Alfred Hitchcock was. Look at the you know, look at me doing a dumb thing like he did. Yeah, well, th- this is a a quote from him about Alfred Hitchcock, uh, mm-hmm. and this comes from the trivia from IMDb. Mel Brooks once said of Albert Hitchcock, anyone who has ever rolled a foot of film owes something to this man. Aww. So this movie was made with that type of reverence. Yeah. You can tell. And that's, it's what makes it work so well for me. Have you guys read Mel Brooks's autobiography? Bad fan. I didn't know he had one. (laughs) It's called All About Me. I would <laughs> highly recommend the audiobook version because I, I wanted to listen to the he does he goes through and talks about each of his films a little bit uh, and he talk I wanted to go back and listen to the chapter on this but I didn't get a chance to um, but one thing I do remember that he does in the audiobook is he sings all of the songs so he sings Aww. high anxiety and that was my introduction yeah. to this song. Um, highly recommend that book because his his career is fascinating like he he like worked with sid caesar and like just his progression through hollywood and like winning an oscar for his first film like like the producers won the oscar for best screenplay and that was his first motion picture it's incredible yeah i i may or may not have already just downloaded the audiobook (laughs) i cannot wait especially does he narrate it yeah Yeah. he does right yeah he narrates it that's that's it for me that's all i want yeah but also like he talks about like growing up in brooklyn and serving in world war ii in europe and all of that like and when you go back and watch things like the producers it puts a whole new angle on it um because of this the subject that they're making fun of in that um yeah um yeah it's incredible Mm -hmm. (sighs) only makes me love him more so um i only have really have like two more things no no that's really it so um albert hitchcock did have a reaction to this movie he was still alive when it came out um his only criticism of this movie was during the shower scene. Um, apparently, Mel Brooks used uh, three more shower curtain rings than 
shower curtain rings that was used in Psycho, and he 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 pointed that out. <laughs> he pointed that. So I'm going to take it that he enjoyed the movie. I'm going to. Take... <laughs> um, there's that, and then Mel Brooks also also hired uh the actual bird handler that Albert Hitchcock used in his movie The Birds. Oh wow! So 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 they got the pigeons from the same person that Albert Hitchcock got his birds from too. So. Uh, I think friend, friend of the show Bill sums up Mel Brooks perfectly. Man has the comedy of a man who diffused landmines for a living for a few years. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, 100% yes. So, so, Devin, now I'm curious. Like, you mentioned yep. at the top of the show what they, they, there are holes in your Mel Brooks uh, filmology. I'm curious. Yes. I'm going to go through the list of Mel Brooks films. You're going to have to tell me which ones you haven't seen. Perfect. Um, if I can find the list again, where did it go? I don't like the new IMDb layout. No, I don't either. I, I, I don't All either. Right. So starting in 1967, the producers. Only saw ones. Okay. The 12 oh, chairs. Have not seen it. That one's hard to find. Cause I've been trying to find that one since I read the book or read his mm-hmm. book. Uh, Blazing Saddles, which we've done. Saw it. Yep. Young Frankenstein. Yep. Silent movie. No, I, I, that was another one I learned about just now. Okay. Uh, High Anxiety, which I hope you watch because that's the topic for today. History, History of the World Part 1. What? Spaceballs. Definitely. Life Stinks. I, nope. Didn't know what that one was. Robin Hood Men in Tights. We watched that together. We did. We watched that at a, a, a band function. We did. Absolutely, yeah. we did. Our, our high school band director introduced a whole bunch of us to that film because i don't think any of us had seen it uh and and then rightly so he avoided showing us dracula dead and loving it is it not good it i don't know it's one of those ones that's like i don't know like it doesn't get it doesn't get talked about much sure like everyone's like man robin hood men in tights was great and then no one ever talks about dracula dead and loving it (laughs) Where, where Mel Brooks plays Van Helsing, yeah, and then oh. Leslie Nielsen plays Dracula. Like on paper, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, uh, it just it came out at a weird time for what it was. I've seen it once. Nineteen ninety-five. Really tell you, yeah, it came out at a weird time for what it was, and I believe that's what kind of did it in, because everyone was expecting like, oh, Mel Brooks is coming out with a movie to follow up Robin Hood Men in Tights and it wasn't as good as Robin Hood Men in Tights and yeah so going back to last week where we didn't do a show because Ryan and I were doing prep for Harrisburg Pop and Comic Con happening this weekend at the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. See you there. Um, (laughs) One of the things we give away at Comic Cons is movies so we were rating the $5 bin at Walmart and we came across a movie and I was like, Ryan, do you know what this is? And he's like, no, I've never heard of that. And I was like, this is the remake of Blazing Saddles. Did what? you, Devin, did you know they remade uh, Blazing Saddles? No. And I'm, I'm going I'm, to, li- I'm, I'm going to list off the cast for you. And then I'm going to tell you about the movie. All right, I'm so like already mo- angry about this. So Mel Brooks is in it. 
Uh, also oh. stars uh, Michael Sarah, Samuel L. Jackson, Ricky Gervais, George Takei, Gabriel Iglesias, Michelle Yeoh. Um, and Demon Hansu, who you would recognize if you saw him in it. Um, yeah, all of these people sound phenomenal. I'm. I'm gonna okay. read. I the the movie is called Pause of Fury: The Legend of Hank. Uh, Hank, a lovable dog with a full, a head full of dreams about becoming a samurai, sets off in his search, in search of his destiny. So. He's brought into a town where he's going to be the samurai of a bunch of cats, but he's a dog. <laughs> it's an animated kids movie that came out. Oh my gosh. The last year. Yeah. Oh my Dude, gosh. Was... Hold on. Hold on. Why did you not immediately read me the tagline? It's time to mark some territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did it bomb? Have you guys knows about this movie? Uh, I knew it was happening, but they kind of stayed away from it. It's a remake of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Um, it has. It's currently sitting at a five point seven on IMDb. Um, shame. Box office wise, I don't know. it might be. <laughs> it might deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did they put the box office? It was originally called Blazing Samurai to yeah. link it back to Blazing Saddles. Weird. Yeah. Oh, you know who yeah. says this line? What the mother, father, cocker, spaniel's going on here? The My, line Michael Sarah. It's Michael Sarah. Yeah, it's, it's Michael Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I would love to hear uh, George Takei say that. Like, oh my. Oh my. I love it. Yeah. Can I? That's that's phenomenal, and now I want to watch this just to like complete my Mel Brooks experience. Um, I wanted to bring up a scene in this movie quick before we like completely mm -hmm. stray away from the movie that I gotta tell you I love, and I feel like is such a dumb scene, mm -hmm. but it took me right back to like that time when like poop and pee jokes were real fun to me, and that's when he's giving the speech and the two little girls are in the audience and he doesn't want to say the word penis envy. So See, and, and that that's like dick and fart jokes, but it's like it's not just making them to make them. There's a reason that he has to do yeah. those, right? And yeah. like that that's the best example of those kind of jokes that I've ever seen in any kind of media. Yeah, like it's justified. It was the point where, like, I was like, Romana, come in here and watch this. Look at these two. Like, I made someone else watch this scene because I'm like, am I just crazy that I love this? I mean, even the line leading into it where he goes, back before, he said, like, back in the old days, psychiatry was viewed as witchcraft. And thanks to the five people behind us, we now make a very nice living. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a good line. What great delivery. Like, holy, like, this, I don't know. This is the kind of stuff that I miss where it's, like, very smart comedy. Where, like, you can tell a poop joke. You can tell a penis joke. But, like, it's done so well and so smart and so, I don't know, so funny. I just, like, yeah, I love it. It's it's because he takes ju juvenile humor, which mm -hmm. adults still find funny, and 
puts a and puts an adult mask on it. Yeah. And he sets it up that way. That's one of the reasons why I've said it. I've said many things on this podcast since the day we started that I have completely turned around on. And if you listen to some of the, our first couple, maybe like first year and a half episodes, and I've had some opinions that have completely changed uh, going forward to like now. Um, but the one thing that still stands stands like sturdy for me is the fact that I would take a Mel Brooks comedy and watch one of these several movies that Alan ran through the list of mm -hmm. at home again, rather than going to see something that like Will Ferrell just came out with. The so, only like real quick, yes. since you brought up Will Ferrell, which would you rather watch Paws of Fury, the legend of Hank or strays in theaters now starring Will Ferrell as a, as a swearing dog? No, I'm, 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 I'm watching the uh, the 5.7 rated IMDb uh, re remake of of Blazing Saddles. Like, yeah. Okay, so he, I'm not. I've said it before. I'm not going to say that Will Ferrell is bad because everyone has their own opinions on stuff. There's only like three movies with with him in it that I actually like, and that and that I will rewatch. Talagaga Knights, or I think I pronounced that wrong. No, but that's whatever. right. It's a good one. Uh, Blades of Glory. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Blades of Glory and Step Brothers. Oh, Anchorman didn't make that list. I'm okay. So, yeah. Um, sorry, I paused there because I thought my computer was about to crash on me. Um, so, <laughs> um, I watched Anchorman like three times after it came out. And I get why a lot of people like it and a lot of people quote it. Mm -hmm. It's just mm, for me. Okay. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so I want to I touch on Talladega Nights because it was in the news recently. Um, there's, there, somebody was doing press for a thing and they talked about how Talladega Nights is one of those movies that whenever it's on, they will watch it because they just think it's one of the best comedies ever. Yeah, I want you both to take a guess at who said that. Oh, it's going to be John C. Riley. Somebody who's not involved in the film. I'll, <laughs> I'll add that. Oh man, um, then it's going to be someone like Adam Sandler or oh no, it, it was Jonah Hill. Got it. It was Jonah Hill. I'm very confident in that. Ryan, do you want to take a guess? The problem is this this question messes me up because I recently saw a excerpt from an interview that like a NASCAR owner or driver or pit boss had and they talked about how much they liked this movie uh, and that it, was like a somebody, few weeks ago. Somebody in the entertainment industry, not NASCAR. Then so. I can't even All right. Yeah, I uh, can't even Devin, I'm going to give you a hint. We okay. saw this person direct once. Is it Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan came out and praised <laughs> Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. I love the idea of him like making up and hiring, going like shake and bake, baby, shake and bake. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and then he lost uh, to Barbie at the box office. 
Uh, um, yeah. Christopher Nolan is a rookie Bobby Stan. So, I love it. Ima- imagine if he remakes that in just IMAX. <laughs> Same actors. They're just a little yeah. older now. And also yeah. IMAX. I mean, I'm keeping... Um, this has nothing to do with Will Ferrell or... Mm-hmm. Nolan, but um, I've been keeping Days of Thunder in my back pocket for anything like related to uh devin do you know that movie or no because it looks no, like you're I, googling. I just frantically googled okay i've been keeping days of thunder in my back pocket in case there's uh, a sequel to it or if someone related to the first uh talagaya knights uh make something else nas uh nascar related what is this movie john c Riley's in it michael roker um, it's basically Top Gun, but NASCAR. <laughs> Incredible. It's I'm not mad. Ba- it's basically Tom Cruise. It's basically Top Gun, but NASCAR. Not exactly, but it's a good summary. <laughs> I appreciate any movie that's willing to call its lead or name its lead Cole Trickle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this movie at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Have you seen this one, Alan? No, I have not. Okay. <laughs> I know I know that's one of the few well, like one of the three movies Tom Cruise did with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So Oh, did you watch Far and Away? Did you guys watch Far and Away? I saw that like part of that in in high school, I think, for some reason. Yep. Yeah, we had to, it's part of our curriculum. Don't gross. That was my least yeah. I, I hate that movie. I mean, at least that was part of the curriculum and not eyes wide shot shut, so <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, okay. Um, See, I've seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I haven't even heard of this one. Don't worry about it. So I've already. So the the, the the fact that I saw the one, I don't have to see this one. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's basically a story about Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman immigrating from Ireland to America, and there's this weird subplot where Tom Cruise might be immortal. Interesting. Wait, that's a subplot to it. So there's this thing where he's like, I don't know, he's like, I told you I'll never die. I'll never die. The people in my family never die. and Or, like, the, we get, like, two lives or something like that. And then, like, at one point, he, like, very obviously dies. And they're laying him on a table or a bed and are, like, mourning him. And then he, like, pops his eyes open and he goes, oh, should we never die? And then that's how the movie ends, is never dies. But, like, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, it's so weirdly mystical and disingenuous with the rest of the actual movie that like it took me right out of it and it's the only thing I can remember from it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mortal Tom Cruise. I mean, there you go. I mean, Colm mainly's in it, so I mean, I might watch this. <laughs> O'Brien. Oh, uh, O'Brien's oh, oh, mm-hmm. in it, so I oh, might man. actually have to watch that. Because, I mean, here's the thing. The fact that he's in this means that this is one of his holodeck stories that he spends his time with. So I need to know what he's doing. You know, like, it builds his character for the show. I mean, this is what he does when, you know, he's not in engineering. He's in he's in the holodeck. And this must be one of his stories that he plays through. I can't wait to watch any amount of Star Wars or Star Trek to catch up to you two. 
I sometimes I like I don't understand where you're going, and then you say the words like Hollow Deck, and I go, ah, it's a Star Trek thing. Got it. Next gen, yeah. DS9. That's it. Just next gen, DS9. On Voyager, 1980s stuff. Alan, I saw that flinch. Yeah, Janeway throws coffee in your face. I it, uh. it, look, 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 look. It's it, it's one of those things where the majority I, of the time when when Alan and I bring up Star Trek, it's either next gen or DS9. Voyager is good, and I do recommend watching that, but to get at least part of the way there, so when Alan and I talk about this stuff, about 90s Trek, next gen, DS9, and then Voyager, just to put the cherry on top. But, yeah, so I don't want Voyager fans coming after me. Like, I do like it, it's a good show, I'm just saying for Alan and myself, for what we bring up, those two series would, yeah, would would get him further than he is now. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Anything else on high anxiety? Oh, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was no. a really simple conversation. I just wanted to see if you guys liked it or not. And it's just a good Mel, Mel, you know, Mel Brooks movie. So. Yeah, man, I love it. I, I always find that like sometimes comedies are really hard to talk about for an extended amount of time. Cause it's, did you like it? What parts did you think were funny? <laughs> it was funny right and then like at that point like there's not much else to talk about i mean i love this movie i love everything about it it's parody done right well done well done mel brooks it's like talking about a godzilla movie i'm i'm a fan of godzilla but you can't really have an in-depth conversation about it it's oh did you like it when he destroyed the building and you did or not and that's the end of it <laughs> that's the was end that of a it. lot of fish yes or no <laughs> all right all right um that does it for our discussion on high anxiety um so i guess it's my pick next week yeah and it's dawned on me it's been a while since we've done a thing and if you guys are up for it you want to do a triple feature next week heck yeah i guess who's got a bank holiday this weekend baby for what for what for what well i'm thinking since it's the end of summer and everyone's going back to school. Let's do a back to school triple feature and feature movies that have to do with a classroom setting. Because I have my pick and this is going to throw Devin into the fire. Uh, oh, my no. pick is Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit. <laughs> Not even doing the first one. Not, Not even, even doing the first one. one. Just, Just Sister Act 2 <laughs> Back in the Habit. <laughs> Fine. Totally fine. Do you, I know I threw this at you guys at the last second. So while you make your picks, I'm going to talk a little bit about Harrisburg Pop and Comic Con. Uh, we will be at Harrisburg Pop and, Com, Pop, Pop and Comic Con this weekend with our friends at Rum Runners Podcast. We'll be doing some giveaways. we got some fun raffles, to, uh, things to raffle, including uh, six movie posters. We have two Marvel posters, two DC posters, and two holiday film posters. So uh, come out and see us to enter the raffles to get those uh, and uh, win some other fun merch that we, we will have there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of free things to give away just to promote the show. Um, and we'll have some friends of the podcast there as well. Um, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really sad I can't come to this. 
I mean, I'll, I'll send you pictures and updates. So it's going to, it's going to be a really fun time. So, I mean, Devin, we'll have a, we have, we have two passes for Sunday. If you can make it out across the Atlantic. The thing that kills me is it's just, you're not close. Next year. Next year. Next year. I have my thing. Or, or you find a con in London and we'll come to you. Ooh. Okay. You will, you guys will come to me. Done. uh, I'll come. I'll come. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, Devin. What so is what is, what is your pick for since you have one? 2019's book smart. Nice. Was that uh, Olivia Wilde? This yes. was. Yes. Yeah, it was. That's her movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have not seen that. So. Good. I think that's the only time that either one of you has said a movie title, and I've been able to be like. That's that's whoever directed it. Like that's the first time that's ever happened. I think. And that means we have to end the podcast. Like this is next week will be our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) There's no more to teach you, Ryan. Um, you. I just want to make sure that neither one of you have Blair like really really bad holes in your like movie watching. So you both have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Yes. Okay. Good. Get get that out there. Have uh, Footloose. No, that yes. has to do with school. Yes, okay. yeah, I know the Kenny Loggins song, Breakfast Club. Yes, yes. Well, then I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, have you guys seen Bring It On? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I haven't seen Bring It On again. Or no, no, we're not doing any of the sequels. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. I'm trying to think of another one you could do ryan drumline drumline's college that's not high school i i mean i never i said school i didn't say college works i've seen drumline though i i yeah i'm worried i'm worried that if we do that uh i will be having nick cannon's baby because he <laughs> likes to yeah and i said breakfast club before both of you seen that yeah yes was it Footloose that one of you hadn't seen? I hadn't seen Footloose. I, I am intimately familiar with the Kenny Loggins song, though. I, I don't know how that's... A, that, that's not really a classroom movie, though. Like, that's more it, of a it showed, town. For some reason, it showed up. Like, back-to-school movies. That's what I Googled. And ah. Footloose is in the category. And I'm like, the, is there something in there that I forgot about? I've, what about The Great Debaters? Denzel Washington is a teacher. Surprisingly enough, I haven't seen that one. Oh, the Ron Clark story with Matthew Perry doing not Chandler. That's we're, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I found one of the first ones that came up for me is one that Devin's in. Perks of being oh, Perks a wallflower. wallflower. Yeah. I wonder if my jeans made the cut. I haven't seen Legally Blonde. I think that one counts. Have you seen Easy A? Devin? I have not seen Easy A. Ryan, have you seen Easy A? That's going to have to be my pick. Okay. Easy A? Because I'm having too much trouble loading websites that have like the top 10 back back back, uh, back back to school movies and they're either like made for TV so I haven't seen them or uh, they were just like generic comedies that I'm like I'm not watching that and and everything right. else, I know that you guys have seen. Yeah. Wait a minute. Alan, what's your pick? 
Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Why? I think we might have, um, let me see the cast quick. We might have accidentally made it to a different triple feature. The Faculty. Screw what I said before. We're not doing Easy A. We're doing The Faculty. The Faculty? That, okay. I do not know why I didn't think of that to begin with. Yeah, I knew there was okay. one that was like obvious to me that you, you should pick. What, yeah. what were you thinking, Devin? Uh, both Easy A and Booksmart um, have Lisa Kudrow in it. And if yours had Lisa Kudrow, it also would have been a sneaky Lisa Kudrow triple feature, which would have been very funny. But no, faculty. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Now, which so join one it? if you hadn't seen that one? Devin's never seen it. I ne- definitely haven't. I- I've seen okay. it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so join us next week for Sister Act 2, The Faculty, and Devin, what was Book yours? Smart. Book Smart. Um, oh man, this one's all over the place. Yeah. All right. Until different movies. <laughs> until like, next time, you can find us at Harrisburg Pop and Comic Con this weekend in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You can, if if you can't make it to Harrisburg and you want to follow along with our adventures at the con, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, listen to you have to watch this podcast on wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for older episodes. And until next time for our back to school triple feature, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I'll see you next week. Class dismissed. Ooh, well done.